1: Well, hello, everyone. Uh, This is a little bit of a Words and Nerds takeover. My name is Deborah Bella, and we thought we'd give the lovely Danny V a little bit of a break tonight. And I am joined uh, tonight uh, with two very, very special um, authors. Would you mind taking it away? Karen, tell us who you are.
2: Sure. Um, My name's Karen Ghanane. I'm the author of Time Catchers, which uh, was a debut Last year in 2021, uh, with When Days Tilt, it's a duology, historical fantasy, follows 14-year-old Ava through London in 1858, and then uh, one day Ava's life is turned upside down when she discovers that the body in her mother's grave, who she's been visiting all her life, is that of a stranger, and she also encounters this dark, twisted version of London called Dunlin, so Ava wanted a more exciting life, and she's about to get it. And she has to find out who her mother is, who she really is, and what they both have to do with this strange parallel world, and also these disappearances that have been happening on the streets of London, which is this fast, furious city at the time, biggest city the world has ever seen. In fact, at that time, so that's Wednesday's Tilt. Um, and then we discover that the disappearances are actually time snatchings, and People are having time snatched out of their lives, and they get taken to this place in between time zones called the void. Um, when they are being time snatched, when they return from the void, they're damaged; their souls are torn. And so Ava—that's—that's um, that's what the disappearances are. And then Ava learns that she has abilities to uh, stop the time snatching. She is tasked with stopping the time snatching. And then when souls tear is is about her. Um, going about that and she comes across a, a much greater foe um, and the problem of time snatching seems relatively small in comparison and um, trying to do this without spoiling either book um, leads up to her sort of having to confront this phone in a boss battle basically and um, try to save two worlds oh my gosh <laughs> so brilliant yes. So
1: brilliant and rich and amazing. And I love that um, as she thinks, just as she thinks she's kind of gotten into trouble, it actually just gets so much worse. It um, does. But let's, let's have a bit of a chat to, um, to our next special guest on the podcast tonight. That would be me,
0: Siobhan Plaza. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I am the author of a couple of um, YA's. Frankie and Teen Heart. And then I pivoted um, to middle grade fantasy and I wrote uh, The Boy, The Wolf and the Stars, which came out in 2020 um, about a boy and his pet fox uh, trying to find the wolf who ate the stars from the sky so they can uh, uh, end a curse on the land. And then my most recent book, um, which came out in July this year, uh, A Reluctant Witch's Guide to Magic, which is about a girl who discovers she's a witch and if she doesn't tame her magic in a year's time, then she will explode.
2: Nothing <laughs> a too small there. Minor <laughs> <laughs> details.
1: that's right a little bit of explosion here and there um so and my name is um deborah abella and uh, i'm i largely sit in the middle grade space it's my favorite favorite place to write i've written two Mm. picture books but uh the the 26 other books are all very solidly middle grade i love writing for that eight to twelve year old um imagination mind uh, it, it, you know there kids are sort of starting to get their own really solid mm. opinions they're starting to kind of know themselves really well they're still open to the wondrous possibilities that yeah. you know that books present them and life present them. So um my I've I've written a bunch of stuff the Max Remy series and the Grimsden trilogy and the Spelling Bee series. But yes, my latest one um that I uh, I'm I'm keen for all of us to talk about our latest books because we've got a bunch of stuff in mm. common. um It's called the Book of Wondrous Possibilities. Mm. And it's literally I don't know why it took me so long to write this book in a a way, because it is my complete love letter to books and booksellers and librarians Mm. and libraries. And that idea that no matter how we're feeling, if we're a little bit depressed or a little bit sad or, um, you know, feeling worried or anxious, I can literally Mm. pick up a book Mm. and it can literally change my life and make me feel better and happier and, uh, and it's magic to me. Mm. And I, I'm, I can, Karen's nodding. And I just, I I just, Oh, just ever since I was a kid, you know, I just this a couple words arranged in a certain way on a page can literally change my life. And and do you
2: remember like when you're 12 or 10 or that sort of age and you read those books and how visceral they are, how much Uh, of an impact they have and they just, I think reading at that age is like the most, I think as you say, reading is magic, but it's the most magic at that age because you're coming across new ideas, you're coming across who you are and your place in the world or starting to get a very first sense of that. And all these ideas, you and characters and situations you're encountering for the very first time on the page is just—I remember it so clearly. It's such a privilege to write yeah. for this age group. Yeah. And look, I think it's why
1: I write for this age group mm. because I—I I do remember being eleven, like I am still somehow inside the eleven, and I remember that feeling of mm. just immersing myself in books and becoming absorbed in it and lost in it, and yeah. so. The the Book of Wondrous Possibilities is literally about a little boy called Arlo um, who's had this sad thing happen to him almost a year ago and literally page one, chapter one, the Mm. first sentence, Mm. a young girl rushes into the shop um, and says, quick, you have to hide me from a murderer, which he does, and then um, the murderer kind of searches for this girl and then kind of storms out of the shop. Uh, He lives in a bookshop. Did I mention Mm. that? And, (laughs) um, And then this girl literally hands him a parcel, and inside that parcel is a book and it's a particular type of book. It's a 17th century book from France called a grimoire. Mm. And people believed that grimoires, once you wrote something in a grimoire and if you read it out loud, it had the power to come true. And I loved that mm. idea that if if Arlo's given a story grimoire and someone's perhaps written a story about him in that book and he reads mm. it, it has the possibility to come true and change his life and and much like you were saying Karen you know like your character kind of wanted adventure um Mm. and she certainly got it right (laughs) in spades spades. um and I know though that um Siobhan in your book you've got a very reluctant um witch on your hands of course she doesn't really want a bar of any of this and and I have to say Arlo is is the same as as Mm. um as Willa as well he's like uh, no, I'm kind of really happy in my bookshop with my <laughs> uncle Avery and my pet mouse Herbert, and I don't want none of your adventuring or none of your <laughs> kidnapping and car chases and trouble. And um, and I love the reluctant hero, and so it's yeah. funny that like a few of us have written about that sort of mm. reluctant hero trope. Yeah, yeah. But what I also love about your two books, and I, I can rave about this. Because we've, <laughs> you know, we've we've done a words and nerds takeover, so we can do this. Your we world have power. building, we do mm. have the power. Mm. I just, I, you know that, Karen, your t- total Dickensian, beautiful time snatching, narrow streets, ah. flea market kind of stuff, and I love that. It's rich and wonderful. And then Siobhan, you've mm. yours is a lighter son. of. It's got moments of real kind of spunky humor, and and it's fast paced and a little bit sort of more. Um, wacky or and and I the both of your worlds that you've created are incredible so Karen did you want to just chat a little bit about like how did you go from that blank page to creating that beautiful world
2: um well mine actually was um this the place I lived in London for years and so for me I got the idea from living there and I went there when I was very young and I've never really traveled never been anywhere grown up in Perth you know, yeah, we're all we all live in young cities on really old land here, don't we? So, I've never had that sense of an old city with all these layers and layers and layers of stories that had kind of almost settled into the land. It had that feeling that it was sort of almost coming up from the land rather than just plonked on top, which is how cities feel here more. And so, I had this idea of London as a character that was my very first impression of London. It's well, many characters actually. So, it was literally that, it was literally that. It was like what if this is, you know, what if these places actually were characters? And that it, it just, um, just took me from, from that really. So, yeah, it was, it was the place itself. It was the character of London.
1: But there's also a bit of menace in there as well, like a lovely sense of menace, a lovely sense that this could all go very, very wrong. And I, I love the way you've built in that tension as well.
2: Uh, Yeah. um, Well, it's the, I do love dark, twisty sort of stories. I've always loved the kind of, that sort of grim element. And, you know, I remember I would read things about grave robbers and things when I was not meant to be when I was much younger. (laughs) And um, so, and it just sort of, but I got a sense that that was also where it came. They, they, they sort of emerged. I didn't plan them. It was sort of like the feel I got from the places that I went to in London, that old history. And, and, and uh, yeah, they just bubble up from my subconscious. I don't know what it says really, but um, I find that those stories are there quite naturally. So, yeah, yeah. very different yeah. to Siobhan's because I love Siobhan's um, sort of yeah. that fizzing energy and that fun and yes. that humour. I mean, they're just, yes. it's so rich but in a very different way. And, and that's what I loved about yeah. Siobhan's world building. Talk about yours, um, Siobhan.
0: So I've, I've always been really interested in um, second worlds fantasies, high fantasy, whatever you want to call it. Um, So when I start writing I'm generally already in that mindset. And then I think that because my first first go at fantasy was a lot sort of darker and it's sort of, yeah, it started out as sort of inspired by some sort of Scandinavian folklore and stuff, so it was always going to have that sort of darker, Feeling to it, but I think that when I when I woke up one morning and I just had the words witch war stuck in my head, I don't know Mm. where it came from, but I was just thought of this world where, you know, you had these two warring witch coven's and this poor city stuck in the middle of it, and I when I sort of sat down to explore that idea more, it was sort of right at the beginning of the pandemic and. I just wanted to write something that was entertaining to me and made me happy. Mm. So I sort of just threw everything <laughs> into the world. This is going to make me laugh, and this is going to make me feel joy. And
2: yeah, it totally does. It has so much yeah, energy. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: what I think. I, I, I just want the reader to be to go on this wonderful, exciting, breathless journey and just smile and laugh um, mm. and enjoy the wild ride because you know selfishly I wanted that to happen to me as a writer as I was working on yeah. it I wanted to feel that as well so um that's, that's a really been.
2: productive piece of therapy
0: <laughs> it, was. it was I was yeah I was feeling very sad yeah. and I thought this yeah. is this is the way that cheers me up when I when I, I get cheered up when I read you know like Diana Wynne Jones and mm. and Jackal Moriarty and, and those sorts of authors and so I want to write something that, anyway, could sort of, you know, tentatively sit on the
2: shelf near them and and bring
0: Absolutely. that joy to No, them. quite right. proudly. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 So that's, and
1: that's and what look, I, I don't think it's selfish to want from a book what your readers want from books yeah. as well. I think wow. that is actually completely fair. And and I think I, I know when I write, I think I reach to that. I reach to kind of what what would little Deb want to read, mm-hmm. you know, when she's young. And in a way, you know. Uh, um my books have a lot of the same sorts of themes to it like little people um often overlooked who need to sort of step up and 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 kind of make their mark and and I'm about to kind of throw all these challenges and and all these kind of difficulties at them but they will rise up they will be amazing um and I I think that's how I felt as a kid I felt like little and you know, grew up in the Western suburbs when that was a really daggy thing at the time when I was little. And, you know, I kind of felt overlooked. And I, I, so I think, I think my entire catalogue is a bit of a therapy session. Um, just now, now that I've said it out loud, actually, I think that's what I'm doing. Um, and, and I, I just, I want that little person to, to rise up and have yeah. their moment in the sun, you know. So, I think as authors, I gonna mean, it's exactly what you said, Siobhan, yeah. Then you just needed a laugh. You needed yeah. to be able to go somewhere with these really funny moments and frogs falling from the sky and all these <laughs> yeah. really amazing, very, very funny things. And there's great dialogue um, in
2: your your love book as well. Lad. That's just like
1: witty. Yeah, yeah, super fun. Well,
2: yours is Deborah. I mean, yours is just got so much heart and humor, and that's I just love yours. Is like this really funny warm hug. You know, it was a it was a really Aww. um quite magical, literally magical, but but just the feel of it was just it was it was it did remind me of books that I read when I was that age. That sort of feel like you sort of like totally immersed and Really gunning for them, you. I really, I was just like on their side oh. right from that first page. I was just like, yes. <laughs> I mean, that was a cracking opening. It was that was the best opening. So yeah, I found like, that's what I loved about both of your books was the humour but, and the but, but, you know just that warmth and and that um, it just just doesn't hit a wrong note. It's just 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 very very from the heart. I really love that about your book. So tell you yeah, know do, do nice. you do you write. To, to, you know to entertain yourself as well like because yours was yes. funny your characters are, are great and then so you're entertaining yourself as well so it's entertainment oh, it's therapy totally. it's just <laughs> it's everything <laughs>
1: well and if we're not entertained while we're writing yeah. this I mean whether it's just because it's gripping or it's really funny or whatever it mm. is or it's just a beautiful friendship you're watching come together you know like yeah. unless we're entertained and invested it's too hard to write don't you think mm,
2: absolutely yeah that's right so
1: and I and I love friendships and I love um reluctant friendships or or, or, or friends that have come together or kids mm. that have come together and they're not supposed to be together in, a, in another world in another time perhaps they wouldn't be together but this problem has thrown them together and they kind of have to work together to do it and you know, in the very best of friendships. Then I think about this mm. with my own friends. You are better with them, and mm. so I love, I love the idea that characters become more, um, either mm. because that other character believes in them, or has challenged them, or just makes them feel noticed or looked at, or whatever it is. But you grow in in friendship, and and mm. I wanted that to kind of mirror the idea that as Arlo reads this story in the Grimoire, which is a story mm. about himself, he starts to change uh, like all good books kind of con- uh, should change us i think yes. and he starts to kind of go oh um maybe i'm braver and kind of smarter and more mm. loyal and courageous than i ever thought possible and mm. and again just coming back to that's what i want from a good book i i want to feel all of those emotions and and I, and and i remember being 11 and feeling you know left out or feeling like i just desperately mm. wanted to make my mark and so you we're borrowers, aren't we? Yes. we
2: like,
1: oh, And like you were saying, Magpies. Karen, like yes, and little bower birds. We take yeah. little stuff back to our nests. That's and, right. She's and you know, it. Karen, you you living, <laughs> yes. And 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 sometimes you may not use it right now. Mm. You might mm. keep that little story you heard or that little yeah. lovely um snippet that an auntie told you once of a, of a family tale, and you might use it later. And you know, I I love that way that that Karen you used London as as a mm. character, and I can feel it. I can smell it. Like I can, yeah. you know, when they're from the opening moments of your book. Mm. I am absolutely in 1850s London, and I mm. loved that.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah.
1: Well, I a, I, I,
0: to, I was going to say I wanted to know more about that because do you because your worlds are so complex and mm. full and complete like how do you keep track of that how do you create <laughs> like, like do you have like a dossier or something where you like re- like what kind of research and like how do you create such um, a full magical unique world
2: just well, it took me a long time to write. I actually think this, that's got a lot mm. to do with this book, is that it took me a long, long time to write and read uh, over years I kind of built on it. So I, I actually think right. a lot of it was just because I spent so long on it. I think if I tried to, yes. I couldn't do this in a year. Like, you know, so so um the, the, it was a big composting thing for such a long time and then I'd go in a district and I'd, I'd explore bits. I was finding out as the characters were finding out a lot of the time and then I'd sort of think, oh, but nice. what about that? And then I'd go away and sort of figure out what that sort of situation would have to be for that to work or or I'd, I'd come across something I didn't know the answer to so it's like traveling in a new world and it literally mm. and and trying to find out I I, I was going to ask you guys how you approach your process but I, I don't I can't just have it all plotted out and planned and, and I, my brain doesn't work like that I just I simply would not mm. be able to do that but if I just start and then shine a light and just sort of see where it takes me and then ask a question and think oh that's quite interesting I'm just going to nip around that corner and then something else pops up and literally it grew very very organically very messily I wish I had some lovely answer for you but I don't it it just (laughs) is a big old mess that I just kept exploring until I figured out what the story was and how it all connected together and there was a lot of killing of darlings I'm afraid because there was just Uh, there was there was more again so what about you two how do you approach that? I,
1: can I say once? yeah, I um I know that I can't do exactly what you've said because I tried it once in a busy year that I just had a bunch of stuff to and I sort of knew my world, I sort of knew my character and I thought, yeah, I'll be right. here we go yeah. and sort of started it and and literally you know how you talked about shining a light down a tunnel. yeah like I ended up in so many dead ends and so many I <laughs> did so tunnels <laughs> backing out <laughs> quickly. <What's- laughs> Before you go over it and it's right right, into nothingness. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I know I can't do that. And I've thought about this a lot, like process, and I'm fascinated Mm. by it. I it all starts exactly like you said, a messy little quagmire of sorts of ideas and little, little tantalizing moments where you go, oh, over there. Oh, what about that too? But I do need to plot and plan. And I've realized too, part of me needs to plot as well. Like I literally. Plot chapter by chapter.
2: So is this before before, like I, is before before you've written. You do that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm the same
1: yeah. as you, Are you? Ah, you, there I, you go. Do that. Oh, and I I partly love it because it keeps me eye on the prize kind of thing. Yeah. Like I know yeah. where I'm headed. I may not know exactly how it's going to end, but mm. I, I'm. It feels like then everything I write is in service of that ending. And mm. and hopefully by the time you get there, the payoff will feel really. Gratifying mm. as a reader. So mm. the other thing is this: I need to keep myself entertained while I take a year and a half to write a book. And so yeah. I want, I want there to be a lovely little Easter egg in every single chapter, like I, so that when I finish one chapter, I go, "Oh, great, I'm up to the kidnapping scene now," okay. or "Yeah, great, I'm up to the escape scene." Or so yeah. I think, partly for that as well as an as an author, I think I I need that. And then, of course, obviously what you hope is that a, 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 with each chapter you read is going oh oh my gosh and now this oh my gosh yeah. and now that yeah they so, are they are
2: doing that yes I can tell you <laughs> hopefully oh. <laughs>
1: and so Siobhan you
2: plot as well
0: yeah I mean I, yeah. I plot extensively and yeah. I do a lot of my world building in advance by writing out big long just just sort of um stream of consciousness thinking yeah about I do that what could happen in the world and all the history and stuff, the stuff that doesn't end up on the page but sometimes allows me yeah. to come up with an idea that does end mm-hmm. up on the page. Yeah. Um, but then, and I, and I do the same as you, I plot out chapter by chapter everything that's going to yeah. happen and I start writing and I, every single time I get rid of the majority of what I've planned, I end up somewhere. Oh, that's interesting. A different. But oh. I need wow. to that brain dump first to sort of, Get the vague ideas down for me to feel comfortable enough to approach writing something so big. Yeah. Yep. And then invariably I'll discover some sort of interesting thing and I go, oh no, that's a more interesting part. Uh, and I'll happily go down. Yes. And then mm. after I finish that draft, I'll replan the whole thing again so I can well, have a go at the next draft. Okay. Maybe change things then as I'm doing it and stuff. So that's why I'm a really fast writer, but I'm slow overall because I go through that process. The edits. The edit, the the many drafts of just sort of layering ideas and discovery. Mm with excessive
2: planning as well like it's a weird mix of plotting and pantsing i actually <laughs> so also do that actually yeah i, also, yeah. I think we probably all are a bit like that actually aren't we yeah. just we just yeah and i think my first draft is very much pantser and, and i also do that yeah, brain dump and just that stream of consciousness yeah. and just get it all down yeah. and explore it but then i go and then i i actually do structure i have to because it's such a mess <laughs> i have to impose structure and then i <laughs> i chop it all up and then Try and figure out where the story is, where the narrative arc is, where yeah. it's all, yeah. where the B story is, but you know all of that. So, yeah. yeah, And then I do what you do. I go back and then rewrite it according to what it should look like, and then change it and change it and change it. So I, I'm similar yeah. to you in that respect. How about you, Deborah? Mm. Do, you, do you find that too? Yeah,
1: yeah. But I, I, you know, I do. I do a lot of work before I even do the chaptering is mm. that a word um yeah. Yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, thanks
0: we'll, we'll yeah it is yeah. for now here we go um <laughs>
1: yeah. and uh so that by the time I do get to the chapters I kind of know it quite well like because I've done I've actually done a whole massive breakdown and then I go not not breakdown a whole storyline and then I go and break that up into chapters mm. and again like I was saying before I want each chapter to be like a mini story with a beginning middle yeah. and end yeah hopefully not all cliffhangers, because I also think that can get a bit yeah. tiring if every yeah. chapter is a cliffhanger. Um, but I want something to kind of tantalise readers mm-hmm. into the next yeah. chapter. So I think by the time I often get to the first draft, there's not a lot of throwing away. I think the throwing away happens um, beforehand. Because I, I yeah. noticed, you, in, you were saying, yeah. yeah, when you get an idea and then you throw it away because you have had an infinitely mm. better idea. Yeah, and I am I'm constantly amazed by if you stay with something and yeah. and it, it, it will get better. And and I know I know myself. I know if I've written a convenient out, <laughs> for my yeah, cat. Yeah, like yeah. I know if I've gone, yes. oh yeah, she'll just do this thing and she'll be safe. And <laughs> I I know it and. Um, I'm in a critique group, and they're very good at calling me out on that and saying, Deb, come on, <laughs> too easy." And then you unthread oh, things good. and unpick things yeah. and rewrite it. So, um, so it's a. I think generally what we're saying is it's a it's a total mess. Yes. Yeah.
2: We're all agreed yeah. on that for sure. At some point, it's
0: yeah, less yeah. of a mess. How yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. you it to gets to that point where it's less of a mess. Less of a mess. I think,
1: in fact, we should call this particular episode less of a mess. Less of, less mess. Mess. Less of a mess. <laughs> you
2: <know. Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. It's like going in my bio. It's, it's a good way to think
0: of writing is starting from a mess, it's getting it to less of a mess.
2: Yeah. Less of a mess.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, yeah. I found that in writing. Fantasy compared to because I've written two contemporary novels, I've, I've generally, and this might just be a me thing, but I've found that my fantasy novels are bigger messes for me ah, to do.
2: Yeah. Do you think that's because of the world building?
0: I think that is a world building aspect, yeah. and maybe because I'm still getting used to that process of yep. creating new worlds. That um, I just, I just find myself sort of setting traps for myself because I haven't thought through <laughs> things and you sort of get yeah. to a point in like oh there's a massive logical flaw or world building like something's missing completely from the yes. world I haven't considered at all and then I have to redo the <laughs> it because it's all the foundations are on quicksand basically
2: right yeah sort of, well, that's horrible so, feeling yeah. it's thinking feeling. so so um Siobhan why did you why fantasy for you Because you started with reality, didn't you? So then why, I suppose this is a question for all of us, really, but why that segue into fantasy? What has fantasy got that attracts you that you, why do you want to write it?
0: Yeah, and I think, like, I I do love contemporary and I will continue to write more contemporary Mm. novels in the future as well. But for fantasy, i would always intended to write it because my favourite books as a Mm. kid were fantasy. So, Mm, like, I was obsessed with the Moomin Books as a kid, like just yeah. that world. Yeah. um And so I think I just didn't quite know how to go about the world building aspect of it. And I was a little bit afraid that mm. I wouldn't be able to do it. So I sort of, like, uh, was my first go into fantasy, uh, The Boy, The Orphan, the Stars, it took me about 10 years to write because I was right. slowly chipping away at it in the background and working on the other stuff. Mm. And, but I um, love so that story because
2: like, I, I, that, that story made me feel like I was in a fairy tale. And it, it yeah, had that deal. It's got this really yeah. sort of epic and kind of almost sort of mythological, uh, you know, sort of like it feels like mm. an archetype that you, you're yeah. deep in a fairy tale. And I love that about that book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was always my plan to, to, mm. to write fantasy. So it just took me a little bit longer to have the confidence to, to go for it.
2: Well, and
1: it's also tricky because you're creating characters, fully fleshed out, wonderful mm. characters with your own plot and their own journey, and you're creating mm. a world. So you're kind of creating these two massive things all at once that then have to work together. Um, yeah. But you've both done beautifully at it, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. I, uh, well, so you, you. you are very welcome. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. Because um, I think we need to wrap it up. I think we have to say goodbye. Oh, my goodness, I, already? I ta- oh, my God. I know. I think our takeover might be over.
2: Oh, okay. And oh. Unless,
1: well, is- unless we just we just
0: keep talking just keep recording and she'll never get it back we'll hold it hostage
2: <laughs> <laughs> the power has gone to just, our just heads very quickly it. hasn't it hold, hold yeah. the mic. Half an <laughs> yeah. hour no,
1: it, that didn't take long. no in just a half an hour we've become megalomaniacs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: There's a book in there. um so
1: siobhan um can it, we Should we just wrap up with like a, a brief little thumbnail of the book perhaps as a, as a little farewell and a reminder of the titles.
0: Yeah, so um, it's A Reluctant Witch's Guide to Magic um, and it's uh, about a, a girl who does not want to be a witch, who's discovered she's a witch and if she doesn't uh, control her powers, she will explode.
2: <laughs> awesome. Karen? Um, it's the second book in The Time Catchers geology It's called When Sol's Tear. It's the climactic book of Ava's journey into... Finding out who she is, what her powers are, what she has to do in two worlds to save two worlds, and how she has to figure out how to do that with other people. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot about sort of um, friendship and relationships and the importance of that, as well as her finding her own identity. And she figures out that she has to, she can't do without that at the end. So, yes, that was out in July. And, and Deborah.
1: the book of wondrous possibilities literally about a boy who's had something sad happen to him almost a year ago and he disappears into books and then he is given a book that will literally change his life
2: wonderful and on that note what a wonderful way (laughs) to (laughs) end thank you so
1: much karen and siobhan
2: thank you you both it's been absolute joy i feel very flattered. privileged to be sharing this podcast with you both you're both (laughs) amazing thank you so much Bye.
1: Bye.